What is up, everybody? Welcome to Sports on the Brain, and I am your humble host, Mondo. And this week, we are talking soccer and to the rest of the world, football, and specifically the Super League. The announcement this weekend of this massive league that by today, a couple days later, is already collapsing to the ground. And you know what? Thanks to the fans, the power of the people. And we are also going to talk how mental health and soccer have gone hand in hand with me this week and really how it's uh, it's actually been pretty amazing. And then we're going to also have Mondo's Mental Minute, Mondo's Movie Minute. So anyway, strap in and let's get it on. Yes, we love sports, and yes, our brains are wired a little bit differently. And if yours is anything like mine's, I forget stuff all the time. So right now, follow, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to hit that button to make sure we meet together every single week. Yes, on with the show. Football. Any of several games played between two teams on a usually rectangular field having goalposts or goals at each end and whose object is to get the ball over a goal line into a goal or between goalposts by running, passing, or kicking. So I guess depending on what side of the Atlantic you are, this means two different things. It's either American football, my football, uh, or the rest of the world's football. And here in the United States, it's soccer. Please don't hold it against me or us. But the really, really interesting, fascinating thing that happened this week, just this weekend, a couple days ago, if you're listening to this on Thursday, was the announcement of the Super League, this grand league of the best of the best teams throughout Europe to come together and have their own league, which they would be ensured to play each other every single year, and it would be wonderful. A couple days later, now, the league is crumbling before the world's eyes. And no matter what anybody says, it's thanks to the fans. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what sports is for, for the fans? And and the guys and the girls that play it. But this league, and I, complete, complete uh, 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 apology for my lack of knowledge of international football. Uh, this is coming from definitely an American perspective. I love soccer. I love football. Um, I just don't know that much about it. So if I do say something and I sound like an idiot, um, I've already kind of gotten my get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> but even as a sports fan, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because they created the best teams in the world. Uh, you know, uh, Manchester U, Arsenal, Liverpool, and about 12 other teams decided that they were going to create this super league, the best of the best to play each year and everything like that, and it would be magnificent, and it would be great for soccer. And we usually understand at this point, well, when the, when somebody does something, when all these billionaires get together to do something, it's usually to make more money. And they completely, completely blew this one. It, 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 it really is amazing. And like, like I said, this is coming from somebody who doesn't know – all the ins and the outs, except from what 
you hear and read on TV and stuff. And so all my diehard football fans out there in the UK and in Europe and around the world, please reach out to me, hit me up on Twitter, let me know what I got, what I, what I got right, and what I got wrong. But I really, really think this is incredibly fascinating because the owners of these teams, you know, decided to just get more greedy. And they wanted to create this super league of teams by, I guess, uh, bypassing the Premier League and the other domestic and international leagues that essentially play each year to compete in the Champions League, which is the, the Super Bowl of soccer. And outside of the United States is the, the, the biggest sporting event on the planet Earth. We all think it's the Super Bowl. I mean, so do I. But, you know, that's just from our perspective. But long story short, all these owners decided to get together and make this Super League. And apparently, they had been doing this behind closed doors for a while. And all these other the leagues and teams that weren't involved in this aren't too happy. But you know who was really, really unhappy with this whole thing? The fans. The fans, I mean, immediately, I think this was announced on Sunday. And the fans' outrage was immediately palpable fans blocking buses of teams entering stadiums fans tearing down banners from iconic locations where teams would celebrate and fans would commiserate and party and watch games and all these things that makes international soccer amazing i mean even for me from my perspective I love watching soccer games. Even if you don't know anything about it and you're just a sports fan, just the amazing athleticism of the players, but it really something else. It, it's the fans. I mean, you hear there's thousands upon thousands of fans jam packed into stadiums, singing these really awesome songs. Most of the time, I don't know what they're saying, but they're still super awesome banners waving and just incredible amounts of passion poured into their team into the team that they love so much. I mean, they grew up on the team. Their fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and everybody in their neighborhood grew up on these teams. I mean, this was, I mean, I've talked about it in previous episodes about why you love sports. International football is a perfect example of why you love sports. Fans that are completely emotionally connected, dedicated, and just over the top in love with their teams so when this super league was announced and you know the the powers that be tried to say why they were doing it and it was for fans or if it was this or for the popularity of the sport blah 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 it was for money and the fans were not involved apparently this was like you know in the middle of the night stuff i mean i guess rumors were happening but this was the middle of the night stuff so when the fans found out they lost their ish. And what they lost it about was tradition. At least that's what I take away from it. That there is so much tradition in international football that this Super League was just going to completely bypass, throw the wind, ignore. So it was universally, negatively received. I mean, people just, you know, it, it was it was all going to be all the big clubs. And I guess from an American perspective, 
essentially it was a league made up and made decisions by all the Yankees and the Red Sox of the world. Red Sox, funny, because the Red Sox owner was involved in this. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and you know all the biggest brands on the planet Earth when it comes to American sports. They all decided to get together, do something for themselves, and squeeze out the little guy. You know, and at the end of the day, no matter what they said, it was about making more money. And like I said, I, I, I love it. I love the fact that the fans just lost it and they were like, no way, you know, and and the the other leagues, the Premier League, UEFA, and I'm sure I'm getting them wrong. But these other leagues that have been that soccer is all about it, it, football is all about in Europe and around the world completely completely just kind of through cold water, a blanket, uh, a pile of poop on it, <laughs> whatever you want to say. But it was, I mean, I mean, and the effect is, it was, was out, it was astounding. Manchester Union, Manchester United, Liverpool and Arsenal, all within virtually 48 hours have pulled out of this league and have issued these bleeding heart apologies to fans. We're so sorry. We didn't know. We 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 really really were doing this in the best interest of the game. And um, liar liar, pants on fire. I mean, come on, guys, really. So at the backlash was so intense, so immediate. I mean, the owners of these clubs got smacked in the face so hard and so quickly. They don't even know what hit them, and I, I I don't I don't think they could have even anticipated. Obviously, they didn't. The firestorm that was going to come from this decision, and we we uh, this is actually something I'm probably going to want to talk about as we go on this year and going forward because this is just this is kind of like just a, a part a chapter. I mean, things are going to happen and change in Premier League soccer, but I think what this is an example of is uber wealthy uber rich and i have no problem with rich guys i want to be a rich guy but these owners that are so disconnected from their fan base the fans who have made what these teams are the players and the fans because even a lot of players were like dude we're not having this you know whether it was because they were worried that um they were going to lose sponsorship or just simply because they also embrace and respect the tradition of the of these teams and the sports and how important it is to all of these different cities and communities. It's more than just a game. It is, I mean, it is the life, blood, and passion of so many of these communities, cities, and countries and these people, you know, and I can understand it. I bleed my team's colors in my veins. I respect it. I understand, and I cheer for these fans for saying something about it. I really, really do. And so it, it's it's going to be something that they're going to be talking about for a while, but something to kind of really hit on really quickly because um, it's, it's, it's funny. I, this is the stuff that I love is um, the 12 teams, these 12 breakaway teams that were going to form this Super League that has fallen flat on its face within 48 to 72 hours have they already now been dubbed the Dirty Dozen. You know, I mean, they're, they, I mean they, they, they are scrambling to save face 
from their fans and sponsors alike, I'm sure. But when it comes down to it, 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 it's another example of how a corporate structure can fail when it's filled with some of the, the richest, smartest, most successful individuals in the world, how when you're working something from the top down, as opposed to building something from the bottom up, how it's destined to fail. And that's exactly what happened here. I mean, I, I think something, and I'm just kind of throwing this out there, but I think that out of like the 12 or 14 major um, English teams that I think 12 of them are owned by foreign nationals or corporations. Once again, I mean, that's not a, I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but when the ownership has no connection, no respect for the fans, the tradition and really what these teams and sports mean to the individual, to the person that is buying the ticket, buying the jersey with their hard-earned money, when they have this disconnect, and in these cases, complete dismissive disregard, this is what happens. It comes back and bites you in the, you know where, in the, in the behind, in the arse, as they say. And I, I love it. I, I, I think I think it's I think it's great. They're going to be talk, we're going to be talking about this more, but I just wanted to put it out there. Let's talk about it on in the Twitterverse. And uh, man, soccer is super exciting. This is like a, a super soap opera. But I also think that it is an example of who sports are for. They're for you. They're for me. Yeah, they're for the players. But sports is for the fans. We've already seen this year what sports is like with an empty stadium. If you don't have fans, you don't have anything. You have just a bunch of guys and girls just playing a game, which is fine. But, you know, the billions and billions and billions, they come from us. So it's nice to know that the power of the people has spoken in the sports world. And uh, we'll be talking about this a lot more. Stick with me. This is going to be a soccer slash uh, football episode. But the Super League, over before it even began. If you are a soccer fan, you're going to love this next part. And if you're not, but you're a Sylvester Stallone fan, you're going to love this next part too. Stick around. And welcome to the premiere segment of Mondo's Movie Minute, where you are going to get the greatest sports films analysis and all that other stuff that goes along with it every single week. Well, I'm just joking. It's going to be longer than a minute, and it's not going to necessarily be the greatest analysis, but we are going to talk about the films that are sports-themed, sports-related, or might just have some sports stuff in it that are just really super important to me and probably to some of you guys and gals too. Uh, and maybe there are films that you guys haven't seen yet that you're like, oh, okay, I'll check that out. So this weekend for the premiere segment is going to be victory. Just to stick with our soccer slash football theme, it's the 1981 film starring Sylvester Stallone, of course, 
and it's a it's a takes place in World War II. It's a you know it's it's a it's a war escapism film, and but it's a it's a sports film, and it has the great Michael Caine, Max von Sydow or Sydow, I guess depending on how you want to pronounce it, and of course Pele. And it is a, uh, it's really, really an awesome film. It's about the allied prisoners of war who are in a German prison camp and they have an opportunity to play an exhibition match against the German team. And it is, it's got all kinds of, um, you know, politics and it's in a, and it's in a history film and obviously it's a Sylvester Stallone film. So and he's in really good shape. He's in that, um, first blood part two first blood shape rocky three <laughs> but um but it's a really cool film for anyone that's really really old like me it has a very very uh i guess big feel of like the great escape you know the the great steve mcqueen film and uh but it's a fantastic film it's got really really cool soccer scenes in it and when i was a kid and i saw this when i was a kid you know, back when you were like kind of taping things off of HBO, <laughs> I watched it over and over again. And it was really, to my recollection, one of my first exposures to um to soccer, you know, as an American. And it was really cool. The 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 shots were were really great as far as the sports scene goes. It was fun, good music. Bill Conti was the uh uh I guess the composer who did Rocky and a lot of other Sylvester Stallone stuff, but it really was a really cool film. And, you know, looking back on when I, when I watched it, I didn't realize it when I was younger, but it had a lot of professional soccer players, I guess at the time, either guys that were, you know, retired or, you know, maybe currently playing. It was like Bobby Moore, uh, Mike Summerby, um, Werner Roth. And I just loved it. It was it was just a lot of fun, you know. It was like I said, it was escapism. It was a fun film, and I don't really remember seeing a film when I was a kid about soccer. I I, I mean I I I, I kind of like strained to think about one. So, but growing up in New York City, I do remember the New York Cosmos and and Pele, and to me, Pele was soccer. I guess like for somebody growing up that didn't know anything about hockey, it was, it was Wayne Gretzky. Or if you don't know anything about basketball, it was Michael Jordan. You know, so it really did make an impact on me. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not going to win any Academy Awards. But if you're a soccer fan or a football fan, and if you haven't seen it, spend the two hours to watch it. It's definitely well worth it. If you're a Sylvester Stallone fan and you haven't seen it, gosh darn it, watch it. And who's not a Michael Caine fan? And if you are and you haven't seen it, go watch it. Victory, 1981 in Europe. I think they called it Escape from Victory. But either way, check it out. Great soccer film. Lots of good fun. Early 80s. Can't beat it. And uh, that's Mondo's Movie Minute. All right. You can leave me a rating, a review anywhere that you guys listen to your podcast, but they tell me that podchaser.com is the place to do it.
So let's do it there. Why I am beginning to really love soccer again, or maybe for the first time. I told you guys earlier that I was going to share my mental health moment this week with soccer. And I've I've liked soccer for a, a really long time. I'm I'm certainly not a expert or proficient in the rules, but I have been a fan from near and afar for a long time. And you know, I'm old, so by default a long time just kind of happens. But I've always appreciated the beautiful game. I mean, ever since I was a kid, once again dating myself, you know, I grew up in an age in New York City with the New York Cosmos and Pele and Werner Roth. And it was it was something that to I guess a lot of Americans was still a very, very foreign sport. But the fact that being in New York City was the melting pot of so many different cultures from Europe and around the world, soccer was a really, really cool, incredibly important sport. It connected a lot of people that were now living in the United States, that were now Americans, to where they grew up or where they had had left, whether they fled from someplace or whether they just kind of came over by choice. You know, soccer is the world's game. So having the Cosmos in New York City in the 70s with Pele was awesome. And, and you know, as I got older, you know, I went to school and one of the guys that played at my school was Alexei Lalas. And he was one of the few, the first stars in MLS. So I grew up being a New York Metro Stars fan, you know, with Alexei Lalas and Tony Miola. And now they're New York Red Bull, you know, which I'll, I'll, I, I still root for them. And then, then I think as a nation, you know, the United States, when David Beckham came over and over, came over and played for L.A., that was when Wayne Gretzky left Edmonton and played for the L.A. Kings. It changed the whole landscape of the game and of the league in the United States. David Beckham made soccer, I mean, really, really cool. And for a lot of people, it, it has always been cool. And listen, I acknowledge it. it. It is the world's game. But in the United States, you've got football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and then soccer. So he brought it to the, to the next level. And like I talked about in the previous um, segment, you know, I watched Victory with Sylvester Stallone. I mean, it was a really super cool film. So, I mean, so soccer's always kind of been there dancing around. And then as I got older, um, as a young adult, you know, I, I lived in this really amazing neighborhood in New York City. It was very, very Irish, very Irish. And one of my, one of the things I used to love to do was going to an Irish pub on a Saturday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. And it was just for the experience itself. I, I wasn't familiar with Premier League or European football, but I used to go into these pubs and it was jam-packed with people, guys and gals, rooting and singing for their and screaming for their favorite team. And there was oh, all kinds of stuff going on. 
things that I could probably talk about and things that I probably shouldn't talk about. But what it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was another step in the evolution of me falling in love with the game of soccer. And I guess what I'm what it's leading me to now is soccer now for me, I mean, I'm I'm an old fart. I'm married and I have kids and mental health and special needs is a daily part of my life. It's just, it's something that is part of the fabric of my life. And it's like being on a roller coaster, <laughs> a roller coaster that you can't uh, get off of a roller coaster that you love being on. So this week specifically, talking about soccer one of the reasons why i think i'm falling in love with soccer again is because of my children you know all kids want to play you know my kids being children of me <laughs> whether they have a choice or not they are surrounded by sports sports on tv talking about sports making a podcast about sports, but sports is just something that they live within. They see it all the time, and thankfully, they enjoy it. Participating in sports is not always easy for anybody, but when you are living in a world of mental health issues, different special needs, whether they are your own as an adult, as a parent, or as a child, it makes it, it just makes it more difficult sometimes. It just does. The little things, swinging a bat, swinging a bat, throwing a ball, shooting a basketball, dribbling it, whatever it is. And what I'm about to say is not, is not intended to simplify things simplify simplify i can't say that it's not meant to simplify simple <laughs> it's not meant to make things sound easier it's it's an appreciation of it so when you have an opportunity to go into the backyard and throwing the ball around is not always that easy because of space or whatever or you know, you can't throw a ball that well or hitting the ball around. You know, I'm I'm an old guy. Hitting the baseball is not an easy thing to do for a lot of people. And if you don't have a basketball hoop, you know, uh, you can only dribble basketball so much on a patch of dirt. But one of the things you can do is you can kick a soccer ball around. You know, if you're by yourself, you know, you could set up a goal and kick it. If you're with your brother or your sister, you can kind of just kind of pass it back and forth to each other. And if you're with your kids or you're a kid and you're with your parents, you guys can kind of just knock the ball around. And it's really, really cool. And you know what? I don't know what it is, but it makes you feel good. I'm not really good at soccer. I mean, in fact, I'm terrible. I mean, I, 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 I've, I've never played a, even an amateur or a school soccer game. I don't think in my entire life. So 
I'm sure I stink, but you can kick a ball to each other. And once again, it, it's not to simplify. Simp- <laughs> I won't even go there again. It, it's it's not to make it seem like you know the skill set to play soccer or internationally football is easy. It's not. They call it the beautiful game for a reason, and I realize that. And watching these athletes, men and women, play the game and do things with a ball and their feet, their head, their chest, and all these other things, is it's amazing to watch it's amazing to watch and i am just completely in awe by the skill that is required and the athleticism and the passion and everything else that goes with the game but as a parent and as somebody who like i said lives in the world of mental health every single day. I have an incredible appreciation for the beautiful game. I like kicking the ball around. I'm not good at it, but it's something that I can do with my kids. My kids can do with each other. And millions and millions of other people around the world can do with each other regardless of their situation. And I love that. So I guess it's appropriate that it's called a beautiful game. I just wanted to share that. So I am a new soccer fan. I'm kind of old. I'm a rebooted soccer fan. But it is a beautiful game. And I'm thankful for it. Well, if you guys have already seen Victory, then you kind of know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen Victory, then make sure you watch it. And the next week when we get back together, you will have known what I'm talking about. But anyway, thank you for being here. Another episode in the books. You can find me every single Thursday where you listen to your favorite podcast. Check me out on Twitter. Find me on Facebook. And uh, leave me a rating and a review on podchaser.com. Tell friends and family all about it. I'm happy you guys are here. We're doing this together. Everybody. And remember, you're never, ever, ever alone. No matter how wired your brain is. Have a great weekend, everybody.